The Cleveland Browns have tendered running back Dearness Johnson. What does that mean for Dearness? What does it mean for the rest of the Browns running back room? The Browns have to fill three out of four starters on the defensive line for the second year in a row. How will Andrew Berry and company go about doing that? And do the Browns possibly have some eyes on a couple of Cowboys and Tank Lawrence and Amari Cooper? All on the latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, show itself at Locked On Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. As always, questions, ideas, as we get closer and closer to the frenzy starting noon Monday of the legal tampering period in the NFL. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're following. Subscribe to Locked On Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews. We're going to get through some things here today, uh, the Dearness Johnson news. Uh, a little talk here on the D-line play is where the Browns are looking probably most likely to have to replace three starters on the defensive line um, for the second straight year. Um a little more talk here, uh, you know, as we're getting closer again to uh, the frenzy on Monday, free agent wise. Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest, Pete Smith in the house. Uh, the news this morning here, early Friday, uh, the Browns are planning to tender Dearness Johnson to what would be, uh, I believe it's $2.43 million for Dearness Johnson. Um, now, he and his agent can, you know, go out, work the process with other teams in the NFL. Uh, they get an offer. They come to the Cleveland Browns with it. The Cleveland Browns have uh, right uh, right of first refusal to whether or not they could, if they match it. Dearness remains in Cleveland. Uh, they choose to go a separate way. Dearness can move on uh, to a new destination where maybe there would be a bigger opportunity. There are some things that go along with this here, Pete. Obviously, this is now the first year of Nick Chubb contract extension kicking in. Nick is on the books this year for anywhere between five and a half to $6 million. You have Kareem Hunt currently on the books for a little over $6 million. So with that in mind, and almost two and a half towards Dearness Johnson, you're looking at a running back room, Pete, that's almost maybe $14.5 million. Um, but thoughts here on Dearness Johnson, maybe how this plays out, and we are going to get to something here with these running backs after that. Uh, yeah, so the this is what I expected to happen with Dearness Johnson because this the um, lowest form tender other than this would have to do with draft picks. So the, you know, Dearness Johnson was undrafted, so it, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I don't rule out the possibility that, the, that um, somebody trades for Johnson's rights. Um, yep. I, it. Wouldn't be much, but I wouldn't day surprise three. day three, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be you know, um, it wouldn't be wouldn't be a big draft asset, but uh, in that sense, it would be entirely about um, just just uh, not wanting to pay him a fortune, but wanting to make sure that the Browns don't match 
Um, so basically in the, in that range where, where he's at, um, uh, where, where that tender would be out, uh, the 2.43 million or somewhere along those lines, uh, uh, because he does have value, um, to other teams, I think far more than the Browns do. And it, and it's, and it does come down to money. How much the, the Browns are a team that, you know, that philosophically doesn't really want to pay for depth. Um, so paying, you know, 2.43 million for the third string running back, as good as he is, um, I, that may not be something they want to do unless they finally just sort of embrace the idea that he can really be a part of the mix and you put uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field together more. Now, obviously, this past year, Nick, Nick uh, Hunt was out nine games. Um, so that put sort of, you know, a fly in the ointment on that one. But in general, if it just seems like if you if you want to put your best 11 on the field, uh, Hunt and, and, and Chubb are going to be two of them. And having a player like Dearness Johnson gives you the ability to, to do that without feeling like you're, you're spread too thin or that you can't take uh, Chubb off the field to get a, a breather or something along those lines. So um, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if Dearness Johnson is back for one more year on that, on that figure. But I wouldn't rule out the possibility that, that somebody gives a little gives a little something um to to get his rights yeah and this is where you know the browns are in a little bit uh you know this is where it becomes a little bit of a tough spot for him uh the attention probably was not for dearness johnson to get the amount of run that he got last year um you know injuries to nick chubb um you know time missed from nick chubb obviously kareem hunt and i will continue to say this kareem hunt missing nine games last year with all the things that people want to talk about that went wrong for the Browns in 2021, not having Kareem Hunt for nine games was a huge one that doesn't seem to get discussed enough. Uh, vital part of the offense um, in his dual role at the running back position um, certainly was very, very important in 2020. You noticed the lack of Kareem Hunt in 2021. Certainly, you know, as the wide receiver position just continued to have his issues, not having Kareem Hunt, who, would, you know, uh, we all know Nick is fantastic in, in what he does, but having that, you know, diversity in, you know, dynamic play with Kareem Hunt, they play well, so well off of each other um, as running backs and not having him for nine games was difficult. That being said, Dearness Johnson did some really, really nice things for this team last year. Some of it may be unnoticed on a team that went eight and nine, certainly on a team that underachieved well over five yards per carry. Um, a lot of the, you know, analytic uh, you know, uh, analytic, you know, statistical thing, uh, st stats or favoring what Dearness Johnson did last year. Um, question is, though, is, you know, I mean, he's not he's not a kid. Um, his age is, you know, right in line with Kareem Hunt and, um, you know, Nick Chubb for that case. So it, it, it'll be interesting what his worth is certainly going to be on the open open market um, for Dearness. You know, I'd love to see him get the opportunity somewhere else if somebody's willing to invest in that. Um, the money does seem like it's getting a little bit heavy here in the running back room for the Browns. Again, there's certainly ways to work around this, you know, things that can be done to create cap elsewhere. And we've been seeing it going on, you know, everywhere, you know, last couple of days here in the NFL. My question would lead to this, Pete, is, you know, is maybe not so much that maybe you're moving away from Dearness Johnson. What if somebody were to come calling possibly for Kareem Hunt? Um. I'm open to it. Uh, it's interesting. Obviously, you, you have this sort of arms race going on and playing out in the AFC West. Um, 
if somebody's willing to give you like a, a third round pick or a fourth round pick for for one year of Kareem Hunt, more power to them. I don't see a scenario where Hunt is back after this year. Um, so if you sort of look at it as um, and it's, to be clear, it's not like the Browns wouldn't be competing. It's just they'd sort of be understanding um, that they may not be in the prime position that they thought they might be at this point, um, given things that have changed. Uh, you know, the the teams in the AFC West are obviously quite good. I don't think the Browns should be afraid of anyone necessarily in the AFC North, but um, – that does become uh, uh, that could become a consideration if if somebody wants to come calling and make a nice offer. That being said, I just don't know how who's really interested in acquiring a six million dollar Kareem Hunt. Um, so at this point, I think it's more likely that they stay with it if for no other reason that he's a weapon on the offense. You can line him up all over the place. Now I wish they do more of that with him, um, but given some of the the transitions they appear to be making. Um, I think Hunt does have a little more value to the Browns than than some of the other players on this offense. It's not a question of you know trying to get rid of Kareem Hunt, but obviously some additions are to be made here in the wide receiver room. Uh, you know the tight end room. Hopefully there is going to be you know a more of an opportunity um, here for David Njoku. You know we'll see where that spells for Harrison Bryant. We'll see what it uh, spells for Austin Hooper. And you know again I. I'm, I still don't truly get that one. Um, but, you know, Pete spoke on it the other day and it seems the Browns front office kind of wants to be, you know, viewed as, you know, somebody that's, you know, a, a man of their word, so to speak on, you know, contracts that they've given. Um, again, I, I, is Kareem Hunt at $6 million viable, you know, for somebody else, is somebody else that interested? I'm not sure, you know, but, you know, you saw what the earnest can do as a ball carrier last year, you know, certainly nowhere near the receiver that Kareem Hunt is. Could you maybe use Felton, you know, in earlier downs, you know, as a slot receiver, could you use him as a third down running back? It's certainly something you could do. Um, it's possible. I, I'm not saying, you know, it's going to happen. And the other thing is, is, you know, we're not totally positive where the Browns are at with the money Kareem Hunt is making. They did not give him this contract that he's currently playing on, this was given to him by the past regime and not a knock. I mean, Kareem's doing everything that's asked of him, uh, doing everything worthy of the money he's being paid. So we'll see how it works out. But, you know, it's, you know, it just seems the money's getting a little bit heavy in the running back room, uh, you know, for a team that would hopefully like to, you know, feature Nick Chubb and then, you know, sprinkle in other guys. See how it works out. Um, You know, certainly something to monitor here over the next coming days. Um, And for Dearness Johnson, at at the end of the day, if it's, you know, two point, Four three million dollars. I mean, it's not a bad chunk of change for a guy who a couple of years ago was basically begging, begging for professional football work. So uh, we're gonna get to a little bit more here. Uh, you know, the Browns are, again are in the position two years in a row here uh, of having to do some massive work on the defensive line. The situation may actually be a little bit more worse this year than maybe it was last year. We're gonna get to that here just a bit, just a minute as we continue on locked on Browns. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering, wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. 
or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. Uh, with and we kind of touched on this uh, a little bit in the past year about Jadavian Clowney. Um, it's looking more and more like the Jadavian Clowney time in Cleveland is over. I'm sure, you know, not looking to get exactly what Harold Landry got from the Tennessee Titans with seeing a contract like that. Jadavian Clowney, after essentially got cashed out last year after not playing in 2020, comes back with a strong 2021, only making $8 million. Obviously, the opportunity there. Jadavian Clowney has talked about there are other places weather-wise he would prefer to be. But Pete, now and with the struggles at defensive tackle, and Pete, I can remember we, we've done this every offseason since Lockdown Browns has been you know born, so to speak, talking about you know trying to get the defensive tackle room right. There were players in here who showed things, but the room was never constructed fully. You know, Larry Ogunjobi certainly did some nice things um, in his time here, but the room was never, you know, constructed correctly. You look at what a Browns starting defensive line would be today, which would be, you know, Miles Garrett, Togi I, Jordan Elliott, and I guess it would be Curtis Weaver as the Browns have a decision to make on Port Augustine. And I think we probably, you know, they probably have seen enough on Port Augustine. And it's it's the way to get it all done here. Certainly having 13, um, if you're not able to get an edge here in free agency, that becomes the number one priority, most likely even over wide receiver. I don't want to hear it, folks. Yes, it probably does. Um, but you, you've got to get to work here starting Monday. You, you'd like to get some veterans in here. We've talked about the transition at the defensive tackle position from coming into the league as a rookie and the footing it takes until you know you can become an established player, become a solid part of the unit. There's a lot of work to be done here. And for me, hopefully, Pete, I don't want to be sitting here next offseason again and spending a ton of time talking about rebuilding the damn defensive line. Yeah, uh, so – I know everybody keeps talking about how Jadavian Clowney is probably going elsewhere. Um, my whole thing is, who's the team that's paying him? Um, is it like the Colts? I, because I'm just having a difficult time trying to figure out who sort of is paying out this massive payday for him that that, that works for him. I mean, I'm you know, I, I, look when he the Browns had pursued him for two years, it was clear that money was very important to him. So none of this is coming as a huge surprise. Um, I just don't know how much of this is bargaining out in the public a little bit, or if that's just, you know, if he's just going to be gone, but if he is gone, um, there are some interesting guys. And I have that same question of who's going to give, you know, $15 million to Emmanuel Agba. I love Emmanuel Agba. I would be happy to have him back, but I, who's giving him that much money, um, I'm interested to see that. And, and and this is a world we live in where Mike Williams is getting paid $28 million this year. I don't, I, I, there's no way, but um, there are a lot of options there. And the one, the guy that sort of jumps out to you that or it doesn't jump out, but is like, it's, he's quietly hanging out there um, is Olivier Vernon, uh, you know, fully a year removed from the Achilles he's his his people are talking about how he's ready to hit free agency uh he is somebody that allegedly the browns have like kept a pretty good relationship with he's a valuable locker room guy which was a whole which was an argument in itself and why um keeping olivier vernon seemed like a good idea in contrast to jadevian Clowney. 
but then Olivier Vernon got hurt. So like Vernon was good locker room, dude, obviously a super technical football player. Um, and he was, it was good. Uh, so if he's anywhere close to that, I think he can at least be part of a solution, even if that still resolve resolves out in the draft. Um, but I, he's a guy I, I think you can keep an eye on. Um, and then defensive tackle, there are a lot of options. It's just a question of who could, who they can get. I mean, DJ Jones jumps out. At, I mean, the guys with initials, DJ, BJ, <laughs> uh, BJ, DJ Jones, BJ Hill, um, Harrison Phillips. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Fadakasi with the Jets. There's a bunch of these guys in that realm. And then you've got like, you know, if you want to get uh, – Older, but still effective when they're healthy. You, you get into the Akeem Hicks and uh, the dude from the Ravens. That the, there are a lot of options. That to me is a more look. Don't get me wrong. I I, I do not foresee a, a a scenario where they don't sign edge player uh, of some sort in free agency. But if you're asking me which situation I would rather address, I would rather address free uh, free agent defensive tackles than I would defensive end, just by virtue of the fact that um, I still look at this draft class and I see two guys. And if you don't come out with those one of those two guys, you got nothing. And then you're still de- expecting a rookie to sort of carry you. So I, I, I really, really hope that they come out firing on defensive tackle. Like nothing would make me happier than for them to get both DJ Jones and BJ Hill, for example, and have those be your two guys inside and then be able to, um, rotate in, in in guys uh, behind them to rush the passer. But there's no question that um, defensive end becomes a major deal because as we talked about, like the whole thing we were worried about losing Clowney was there's nobody here to play that spot. So you are in a position where now you have to sort of um, you're, I don't want to say panicked, but it, it feels more stressed without having somebody in, in position there, but we'll see. I, you know, I know everybody else, everybody's sort of like, well, Clowney's gone. I'm not, I, I'm like 99% there. I just sort of keep thinking to myself that ultimately this is going to end in a, in a ploy to get the Browns' best offer. Um, because like I said, I, I don't know who's going to give them that money, but uh, there's plenty of teams with money. So I, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe there's somebody, there's a team out there that we just haven't thought of that he's perfectly happy to play for, like Seattle. Well, I mean, and that, that's the thing, though. I mean, we're talking about Jadavian Clowney. If he's moving on, this will be Team 5. So he's already worked his way through, essentially, you know, a division's worth of teams in this league. Houston, Seattle, <clears throat> obviously Tennessee, and certainly now the Browns. Um, and, and I guess it, it, there is the, you know, I definitely would think there's a buyer beware with Jadavian Clowney uh, as far as, you know, spiking up the money. And this is what made him so appealing at one year, $8 million is if you got a good amount of Jadavian Clowney, you knew there were going to be returns on that investment. Um, but you know, it's been an issue with it. You know, there's been a lot of missed time. You know, what I think it was, you know, it, it might even been less than 50 reps. He played for the Tennessee Titans for the tune of $14 million, um, where the Browns, you know, got the advantageous route of one year, 8 million and got a healthy Jadavian Clowney and got a lot of production out of Jadavian Clowney. And, you know, certainly that was a win as the signing. Um, again, you know, it, it's one of those things where what does the price tag look like? Who 
would have the checkbook and you know as pete and i like to talk about do you want to go play in siberia do you want to go play a team you know play for a team like the jacksonville jaguars where you're making a bunch of money and there's no real chance of success it's you know and again clowny for the 500th time clowny is not wired like a lot of nfl players he's just different in that respect and we'll see how it plays out um you know me personally, I, I think I think it's over just from the reports we're hearing. And obviously, you know, for what he played on an eight million and wanting to cash back in um, and basically get paid off of, you know, this is what I do when I do play a full season. Of course, the caveat of, well, you don't always normally play a full season. It's definitely a, a difficult spot to go. Um, and then there are, you know, with other edge rushers, Pete here, and this is where we'll get into this a little bit here, where, you know, the Browns and maybe the Dallas Cowboys, there could be some connections here. Um, I know you're I know you're a fan of the player here, but, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and, and Cowboys like there's a lot going on there, you know, between with what Micah Parsons did last year, you know, playing linebacker and playing a ton of edge. Uh, they've got a bunch of other guys down there, but Randy Gregory looks like another guy that's going to be moving on. Um, but you know, they're in a difficult position with Tank Lawrence, who, you know, he wants more money. The Cowboys you know, are trying trying to find ways to find more money. He becomes an option as far as, you know, what he can do, size, he can contribute in the run. He automatically becomes a very, very, very uh, you know appealing piece for this Cleveland Browns front office. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, again, people uh, don't give this guy his due. He is a terrific pass rusher, and he's a better run defender than he is a pass rusher. Um, I have no idea what the Cowboys are doing. Like, Demarcus, you know, the idea that he should have to take a pay cut from 19 million, he has a case to make that he should get a pay raise. Like he's that good. Uh, obviously, the issue with him is he's been injured at times and missed missed games, but just in terms of talent, like he's phenomenal. And then you've got, get, you know, keep in mind you've got him, you've got Zadarius Smith, you've got uh, is, is Preston Smith back out in the open market? I, I, I don't remember how, just how many guys the Packers had to get rid of. But, like, there's a bunch of these guys that are just sort of hanging out there, and I think they sort of get forgotten in this. But, like, you know, if if you're, you know, Jadevian Clowney at $15 million, or you could get Demarcus Lawrence at, like, 20 sign me up for Demarcus Lawrence immediately. Like, I'm, I'm okay with spending $45 million on those two. Um, he's tremendous. And uh, I, I think uh, if that's even a, a possibility, that would be – that would be great for for them, but you know who knows if he he has any interest in playing for a team like Cleveland. But there were some lean years in in Dallas where it was him and ten guys on defense. So um, I, I'm that 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 whole conversation fascinates me. It's and look, I, I mean, I don't like the position they are in. Um, you know, who knows? But you could ask me this same question come one o'clock on Monday and I could feel a lot more comfortable with where they're at. I mean, when you're talking about the fact that it's starters, look, if it's depth, you can find depth, you can draft depth, you can find veterans as depth. Um, but you know, it, it, for right now, it's a really big concern. And as great as this defense looks like it's trending towards, you know, with young long linebackers, Jeremiah Usukoramoa, with Jacob Phillips, with a secondary that rolls five deep at cornerback, with a secondary where you have your two top safeties. Um, and I don't know if anybody saw Jake Trotter put out his piece today, you know, basically a free agency primer for the Browns. There was no mention of MJ Stewart. I did reach out to Jake and ask him what he thought, and he thought as of now it doesn't seem like that's a name that's being mentioned very much uh we'll see you know how that circles back because you know mj stewart was very versatile um and finally getting you know a real legitimate opportunity last year 
at true playing time. And you saw the versatility he brings, former cornerback, now playing a safety position. But it, none of it means a hill of beans, Pete, if you have that great secondary if the, if the opposing team is never going to have to throw the ball because your defensive line is ass. Uh, well, look, uh, MJ Stewart's a guy that I I, I projected would, would be a, a, a player that takes a while to get signed, and that's not because he's a bad player or anything like that. It's just the type of um, – the type of contract where it's sort of like it's not front burner – and it's also a player whose agent is going around and trying to, you know, get a sense of what his value, what his value is, and then that agent comes back to the Browns and goes, you know, this is this is sort of where we're at, and then they they go from there. Um, I'd be a little disappointed if MG Stewart didn't come back because I can't imagine he costs that much, um, and he could potentially start and another position where they don't have a guy right now. Um, so I I think that. It, as I said, I think that that is one that you could see wait a while and then be like, you know, a couple, you know, a couple weeks into the process or a couple days into the process, whatever. Um, and you're just like, oh, oh, they're sending MG Stewart back. So we'll see. But um, the the rest of it is just they have a lot of opportunities to to um, improve the roster, and I think. Um, People are getting a little bit over worried, I guess. Uh, don't get me wrong; the Browns have holes to fill, but I think um, the Browns are ha- there are more than enough opportunities for the Browns to go out and get players that can set them up so they are in a position to operate the draft by with the freedom of just taking players the, the players that they want as opposed to players they feel like they have to take. We'll see how it plays out, and then of course now we get something from Rap Sheet mentioning the name of Fletcher Cox as a per- somebody that could be available to uh, you know be moved yeah. on. From the- he he's Fletcher Cox is he's thirty one. Um, his play is you know, he's still a good defensive tackle, but he's not not has not been quite. He's not making. He, he's he's not he's not producing for what he's making. It's not like it, it's you know it, it may like the initial. Um reaction might be you know sort of like the Khalil Mack type well, reaction the, the, but na- not... the name still holds some weight but does the game now have you know he had in 2019 is the last year where he's like super dominant um but you know who knows if you can get him back to something like that that would be a, a, a huge grab for him the thing with him is his contract is nothing for the team that would acquire him like his his 2022 uh, salary cap hit for the Eagles is almost 15 million dollars. Almost 13 million of that is signing bonus. So if he was traded, the Eagles would be keeping all of that, and the Browns or whoever. And I, I don't suspect this would be the Browns, but nevertheless, could be the Browns. Um, would be 2.2 million or 2.1 million. Like that part of it's pretty sweet. So. It, that the problem there though is that a lot of teams can afford 2.1 million and a lot of teams could use a Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. So I think um, the fact that the Eagles would have to eat a whole lot of money to, to make that move similar to, to, to what uh, in fact, more than, than what the bears ate um, that they, the, the Eagles might want a little bit more just to get, just to be willing to do that. But um 
that's a nice opportunity. I, I, the fact that the fact that multiple people are now suggesting this is going to happen makes me think it's going to happen. It's just a question of which team is going to be the one adding it. And I, I, you know, is it an AFC West team? It certainly would make sense. Is it the Broncos? <laughs> that would certainly make sense. Um, so I, I'm curious. And and all of these deals so far have been cross conference, um, which at some point is going to to process for some people getting mad about what the Browns are and are not doing. Of course, you know, uh, you know, because you know, and again here with Andrew Barry, he's never been a re- reactionary person. So I mean, everybody just need, you know, you're not going to make a move because the, you know this team did this or that team did that. Andrew Barry is, has his plan in place. And when the time is right, he's going to strike and he's going to pounce. Um, and we'll see it all unfold here, you know, hope, you know, seeing over the weekend here. And of course, starting noon on Monday, one last thing to get to here. And as we continue here, sports illustrates Pete Smith in the house on your latest locked on Browns. Again, we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings and written reviews. Thank you. Going back to Jake Trotter's piece, Pete. Um, another cowboy name here. Um, Amari Cooper. Um, look, the $20 million, I, I don't think he's a $20 million player. Um, so, you know, Amari Cooper on the open market certainly for me would be more appealing than having to give up assets. I'm not exactly sure what the assets would be to get them again. Dallas obviously, you know, has a bunch, a bunch of decisions to make, you know, over the coming days, as far as the future of their roster, Um, you know, Jake mentions that there's the possibility of Browns being, you know, interested either way. And my guess would be maybe interested in the trade possibility of thinking that maybe he wouldn't be coming here on, uh, you know, as a, free agent maybe you would have to go this route to acquire him but Amari Cooper and it it keeps being said that the Browns are looking to be big players in a potential wide receiver free agent market which isn't very robust it's actually a very very dry free agent market and hearing things like you know Marquez Vantas Scala from Green Bay possibly looking at 10 million dollars this it causes me concern here Pete because if this is going to be you know, a market of not top tier wide receivers, but getting almost top tier money. I'm not sure how a, a team like the Cleveland Browns, if everybody says they're going to be, you know, active in it, I, I don't know exactly how they play in this because it, it doesn't seem like something that they would do. Um, I can't fathom a scenario where the Browns would trade for uh, Amari Cooper at 20 million. Yeah. Um, but if he's cut, then I'm. It's at least a conversation. The problem is he's not like a top tier guy. He's just he's a very good number two receiver. Um, and if you were to do something along the lines of, I don't know, trading for Tyler Lockett, and then talking to Amari Cooper, I'd probably be into that because then you've got two guys who can sort of avoid having to sort of be that main guy you're creating space for each other and then you have a guy like donovan people's jones um to to also so bear some of that weight so if if amari cooper would be were part of a group effort um 
then I guess uh, then then I'm kind of interested. Overall, I don't think it's entirely terribly practical. Uh, Frankly, I don't think Amari Cooper gets out of the NFC East um, if if he does get released. But he's at least kind of interesting. He certainly the thing is like he's better than like every other receiver on the open market. That's what I, I think should be the more worrying aspect of this is that Amari Cooper probably becomes the best receiver out on the, except for Devonta Adams, obviously he's franchise tag, um, but like he's be the top guy. So that's to me why all the more reason why I would um, be far more inclined to talk about, talk to talk to the Seahawks about getting uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, maybe you have to give up a third round pick and, and some change or something but the the cost there financially is much lower and allows you to spend money elsewhere um, and, and potentially avoid having to get in a bidding war for guys that probably aren't worth it in, in situations where um, even if you win, you might lose. So Amari Cooper is certainly a talented player, um, certainly would be an upgrade for the Browns. What's the price point for that? I don't know. Uh it's it's a name certainly to monitor and when your wide receiver room is you know as bad as it's looking for the browns uh you know obviously you're looking to you know find somebody to come in there and at least you know now you have your upper echelon of the room you can work your way down where players like donovan people's jones anthony schwartz certainly look like pieces that would fit within the makings of a room Demetric felton as well. So obviously a couple of Cowboys here to monitor for the next couple of days between Demarcus Lawrence and certainly um, <clears throat> Amari Cooper with that. Uh, Pete, one thing we haven't gotten to this week, um, the Washington commanders, and uh, I'll applaud myself for getting that one correct. Um, try to sh- go for everything quarterback wise. At the end of the day, they end up with Carson Wentz. And I don't want to hear everybody applauding the Colts for getting out of Carson Wentz. You're the same team that acquired Carson Wentz and you know quickly moved on with him from him in basically less than one calendar year so I don't want to hear any you know parades or you know accolades for the Indianapolis Colts um for Washington a team that looks got you know a good defense a team that has you know some nice skill players and here it is you know Carson Wentz most likely benefiting from a poor draft quarterback class and look it is the NFC East I mean Nine games, most likely, will probably get it done. Um, but Washington Commanders move on with uh, Carson Wentz behind center. Yeah, I don't know what the commies are doing. Um, I, I don't see much of a plan here. I mean, they were desperate. That seems to be playing out here. Um, they tried with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson said no. Um, and that's ultimately the problem that teams like Washington have. Um, not only is Washington not great in terms of talent, obviously they have some, some nice play pieces on the defensive side of the ball, um, but they aren't a, a particularly inspiring offensive team. And then there are other issues with Washington that probably make um, them unattractive to players like Russell Wilson and that. So you go out and you <laughs> make a move for Wentz, I guess. I mean, look, Wentz is not terrible, but the problem you run into is like 
nine plays out of 10, he's, he's fine. And then one out of 10, he seems to lose his mind. And, you know, when that happens, the, the, some of those result in game losing, uh, you know, jaw droppingly bad decisions or, inter- you know, interceptions, fumbles, whatever. So you can win with Carson Wentz. It's just a question of how much can you win and, and why on earth would you give up assets for that right uh, when the Colts basically put him out on the on the curb and said, you know, with a sign that said free or best offer and Washington ran with an <laughs> offer and are paying him all the money. Um, so it's it's strange to me what Washington is doing um, on, on the flip side of that. If they if they take Wentz and it gives them sort of the freedom to not desperately draft a quarterback that might be worth it for them, but it's really difficult to defend the draft picks. Uh, and you know, for Washington, uh, you move on and yeah, I look, say you get to the playoffs. It's good enough. Um, you know, for me personally, I, you know, the selections, you know, you're holding in the draft probably, you know, probably could get even money, I guess, but maybe they want somebody proven, you know, feeling where the state of the team is state of the defense and certainly the skill players. Uh, so Washington Commanders, first quarterback in Commander history, Carson Wentz for your Washington Commanders. We have gotten to the running back new uh, running back room, Dearness Johnson. Uh, you know, obviously the right of, uh, right of first refusal tender given is going to be given to Dearness Johnson. Having to rebuild a defensive line, three out of four starters going to be needed for the second year in a row. Andrew Berry and his staff certainly had their hands full with that. Wide receiver position, looking at maybe uh, Amari Cooper, possibly other Cowboy and Demarcus Lawrence. And, of course, Washington now being led offensively by Carson Wentz. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SportsIllustrated.com. Obviously, a lot of work has come this week. A lot of work will come through the weekend. A lot of work will be funneling out through next week as the legal tampering periods opens Monday at noon in the NFL so make sure you're following everything over there, reading all the work at sportsillustrated.com. Make sure you're checking out the podcast. Uh, that's uh, for Pete's sake. We, uh, Nicole was back. I had a great long conversation with Jake Burns. Make sure you guys are checking that out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Questions, ideas, thoughts for the show. Obviously a lot going on this time of year uh, in the NFL certainly with your Cleveland Browns. So, you know, all of that, be sure to send it on over. We'll find a way to work it in the shows here, you know, get as much information that you folks want to listen about pumped out into these episodes. Um, with all that being said, make sure again, I'm sorry, again, everybody appreciate uh, making Lockdown Browns your first listen, whatever podcast platform you you use, make sure you're following, subscribe, five-star ratings, written reviews, please. And thank you. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.